Uh, let's get who's, started, man. Who's kicking us off? I don't remember. I'm going to kick I, us off. I honestly don't remember. I'm when was do the last it. time we did this? It's been a while. Uh, the last time we did it was February 27th. Jesus Christ, man. All right. I know. So. It's been a long couple of weeks. Kick us off, sir. Welcome, everybody. It's Draft Politics. It's been a while. I'm still EJ, and still with me here. I'm still Steve. Uh, yeah, so it has been a while for various reasons we're not going to go into too extensively. But let me tell you, uh, babies have their own timeline, apparently, and so... They do. Yeah. But, hey, that means Everything you get me for does. one more week before I am buried under a pile of diapers and formula and whatever else that... Is involved in babies, I assume. You I assume. Don't yet, I don't yet actually know. but Yeah, it's mostly fear. It's mostly fear. Oh, <laughs> yes. oh, good. I'm good on that then. Yeah, you're good. I'm both excited and terrified. Yeah, so. exactly. if, if the last few years have taught you anything, it's fear. <laughs> yes. Fear is a night killer and the baby, apparently. So there you go. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Fear isn't the baby killer. <laughs> no, not the baby killer. Oh, no, no. sorry. It is the baby. Sorry. It's yes. the fear. It is. But then the baby is the mind. Does that mean the baby's the mind? Killer? It is. So that's the real trick to baby. Actually, no, this all makes sense because the baby deprives you of sleep. Exactly. Which kills the mind. Right. Yeah. It all comes together now. Okay. Exactly. You shall be by reprogrammed the way, soon. By the way, a nerdy friend of mine who uh, has been keeping for updates on the baby, uh, her, th- her thing is she'll ask me if there is worm sign yet. <laughs> so wow. there you go. That sounds like pre-baby. But okay. Yes. Well, but, uh, <laughs> but do you remember like a couple of years ago? And it was like at this time, it's like, look, everything's going to be fine in like six weeks. Yes. Everything's going to be fine. Yes. Let's see. So it was like around March 13th-ish, I think, was like the sort of like official like, March 16th, I'm going into my bunker now. The they locked yeah. down the bars March 16th. Yeah. So March 13th was like when I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to just stay here and yeah. stay inside. And I know there are people going to bars, but... Right. I'm not doing that. No. And, uh, and we're like, oh, it's going to be a few weeks. No big deal. So we're now in year two. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I mean, I think officially we're into year three. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, actually, um, watching kind of where everything is at with the pandemic right now and seeing uh, what's going on in China. Uh, a friend of mine lives in Shanghai, and they've locked things down in Shanghai. And it's like I'm looking at it through a time machine at her. Like, I see her Facebook post talking about her, like, messing around with, like, bread recipes and stuff. I'm, like, waiting for her to find the, the, the Tiger King uh, series on Netflix. Wow. Like, it's all just like, I remember this. Wow, guys. Hey, guys, good news. It's time for a sourdough starter in Shanghai. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I was just reading about that as well. And my, my brother-in-law was supposed to go to China. And they're like, oh, no, nope, just shutting everything down. Half the city totally locked down. Half the city works. And then they swapped them or something. Um, I guess really hard to know exactly what's going on. But it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, also crazy, maybe, like a fox, Elon Musk. Oh, yes. Uh I think Elon Musk has, has like, I, I don't know if he, like, just loved a lot of James Bond movies, like, how he got into this, but I feel like he decided at some point, I'm going to be the, the evil, mad, scientist, genius uh, overlord who's got my island bunker where I, like, launch missiles. I, like, if he doesn't Name have... kids weird things. 
I would bet you money that he has sharks with lasers. Oh, yeah. Or flamethrowers. I mean, he came up, he had the flamethrower company. Oh, yeah, the flamethrowers. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And he gets to his, like, island lair. It's, like, subterranean using, like, his tunnels made by the boring company or whatever. And, and Hyperloop. Go. He has a Hyperloop. Probably. Presumably. Probably. But it's very short. I mean, come on. So, anyhow, uh, apparently he tried to buy Twitter, is trying to buy Twitter, bought part of Twitter. He bought 9%, of Twitter, right? Yeah. But then not. Well, he couldn't be on the board because then he couldn't buy more. Oh. Right. So they, uh, and I think that they offered him a position on the board to stop him from trying a hostile takeover. And so then he's like, no, I'm going to try a hostile takeover. And they're like, F you. We're going to, if you try a hostile takeover, we're going to introduce 15% more shares of stock. Yeah. Which will stop that. Yep. So it's really interesting, actually. And I, and, and I think, you know, part of the PayPal mafia. Right. So you get Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and some others like trying to influence things both overtly and covertly is fascinating. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I I personally don't believe that Musk wanted to buy Twitter. I think he wanted to manipulate stocks. Oh, yeah. To see if he could, which he can. Well, or I think I think he's kind of the a bit of a free speech extremist and so i think he would be like hey i'm gonna like take twitter and basically just kill all the rules so like hey anybody can post whatever the hell they want and then twitter would be destroyed under a swarm of spam and conspiracy theories and sure porn and but that's just i mean but that is just that sort of extreme libertarian you know except for the things we care about view yeah of you know uh, of of those uber rich folks that that are kind of funding a lot of the things that we don't like yeah well you know and if i'm honest like i you know back when i was in college early after college like i was of that mind of like you know there's no harm in any kind of speech and we should just be everything should be free and then like well, you know, the last few years have convinced me that there are there are Could no there are harms. things you should you should not no no, no uh, should but, not but say. apparently Elon uh, did not learn that lesson while he was well, building his rocket army to go to the Mars. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have to worry about any consequences, yes, it's easy to say that people should be able to do whatever they want. Yes, let them fight. He says anyway. <laughs> So uh, we've got a very long, long list here, everybody. So bear with us. Long but short. Yes. Long but short. We're not going to do Chicago today. So if you've just tuned in to hear about Chicago and the ward maps, which are still. There's really nothing to say about them. No. uh, You know, Chicago's in in a bit of stasis. And this always happens around this time because we're in a period where everybody's focused on this election cycle, this 22 election cycle. So even Chicago politicians are either right. running for other offices or they're supporting people running for other offices and they're told to lay low. Yeah. And they are laying low for the most part. Um, even even Lightfoot is laying low. Other than trying to subsidize a sort of public surveillance program. 
by paying Yeah, that was fascinating. We yeah, should talk about that real quick is that they basically the, the police were going to be saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to subsidize the cost of you buying a security camera as long as you tell us you have one and register it with the police. Now, theoretically, that means the police don't have any ability to, like, get to it. Uh, sure. But at least lets them know it's there. Like, interesting. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, I suppose. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about. I mean, I think some of the, the big things that have happened and are continuing to happen. I think for me, top of mind, interestingly, is still Ukraine. Yes. Right. When we last talked about it, we were four days only into the invasion. Yes. Um, we're and now so as weeks. predicted by everybody at the time, Russia has taken over Ukraine. Right. Just instantly. They instantly just, done. Gone. Um, uh, oh. Oh, wait, I'm checking my notes. Uh, <laughs> no, turns out that's not true. That is ah. not true. Ah. And, you know, the goals at the beginning, uh, whatever that was said, you know, it was clear that there was all the made-up stuff, the, the sort of internal propaganda justification. But really it was about a, a sort of traditional Russian thing, which was protecting themselves from everybody else. Yes. Like Russia wants a barrier. Russia has a lot of well-earned paranoia. From, yes. from, you know, long a long history of being invaded by other countries and, and basically surviving simply by burning all the shit to the ground until winter shows up, and then then the conquerors sort of give up, and then they get their land right. back. Now, as somebody with a Polish and Ukrainian heritage, I think I can relate. <laughs> but, you know, that's certainly a reasonable... No, not reasonable. Understandable... You know, thing. Okay, well, we want a buffer zone. Uh, and then the other, you know, real obvious goal is connecting Crimea to Russia. Right. The over thing the that they already took illegally. Right. But everybody's sort of just written off at this point. Uh, but, yes, they want it. And, and basically, like, Crimea is there, but they don't have a good connection to it. They don't have a, a good land bridge to it. Right. Um, the supplies of fresh water to Crimea are... You know, they don't have that settled yet, which is, you know, part of, you know, and ultimately it looks like they have this notion that they could do a a kind of a blitzkrieg kind of approach to this where they would just go in really fast and decapitate the government in Ukraine. And and then, you know, then they're kind of taking over at that point and it's all good. Well, uh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and I think, you know, if we look back to 2014 with Crimea. That whole operation took two days or three days. Yeah. And, you know, what could anybody do once they had it? Yeah. And it's like that nobody was really expecting them to do that. It was not, you know, it wasn't like they had built up a lot of, you know, defenses around that. Um, But, you know, when they went and did this invasion, you know, obviously they had been there had been a war. I think it's it's important to understand that there has been a war in Ukraine since the invasion of Crimea. Yes. That has been ongoing. In the uh, eastern parts yeah, of Ukraine, Donbass, and yes. yeah, and so that just sort of took went up to a new level with this most recent sort of invasion. Well, I mean, it definitely goes up to a new level when you try to invade the capital. Right. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and so we're five weeks in. Really surprising on several fronts, um, and things don't really look like they're close to ending. Um, yeah, and so it seems that Russia has realized that they aren't going to be able to take the whole country, 
that they're not going to be able to take the capital no. in any sort of easy fashion. And they've so, even walked away from Kiev now. Yeah. They've backed They have off. backed away off of Kiev and uh, the, the, the area surrounding that. And we've seen, you know, as they've backed off, we've seen the, the evidence of, um, you know, the horrors of war. Um, you know, people have been clearly been executed. Uh, you know, there, there, there are definitively war crimes going on there. Um, Biden has described it as genocide. Um, and ultimately, if you look at what, what Russia has attempted to do, and and all that. Basically, they're trying to eliminate the notion of Ukrainian people. Right. And so it is a genocide. It, I um, mean, it, it just hasn't been very effective yet, mercifully. Well, but they're, you know, taking children. They're yeah. taking Ukrainians and they're shipping them off to eastern Russia, to Siberia. I mean, it's. Yeah, we don't know what's really happening to no. people who have been. Because, I mean, there, there are people who are in a position where, like, the, the only place they could go to not starve be you know bombed into you know uh you know all of that was basically that they would go to russia at that point and you know we don't know really what's going on with any of that the history of the history of countries that have bad economies invading other countries and what they do with the sort of refugees of those wars isn't very good no so, not at all yeah now so you know, if we look at those kind of original goals, right, about, you know, creating a buffer zone and, you know, uh, NATO expansion, like, clearly that's backfired because NATO, because NATO looks to pick up Finland and Sweden here. That made it sound like a sports team. Right. Uh, <laughs> Finland and Sweden are both. There's a big trade going on. Yeah, talking about joining NATO now, which especially Finland. Yeah. Uh, Finland is has a shares a border with Russia. Yeah. And you know? historically if you look at it like the if you look at like Finland, Sweden, Norway, like the closer they are to the Russian border, the more that their policies are, you know. So Finland was very much sort of like more towards Russia. Norway was like screw all y'all. We we are NATO and Sweden mm -hmm. is kind of in between. Yeah. So and that's really momentous, actually, because the rapidity with which they're doing that. I mean, Finland's prime minister kind of said, like, actually, we we all know that we need to do this, so let's just do it. And yeah. it could happen as soon as next week. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I, on the military front, like, the Russians seem to be shocked by how effective the Ukrainian military is. And this isn't just, you know, on the ground, so... You know, anti-tank, anti-aircraft, especially helicopter weapons, um, hugely effective, but also at sea. So Ukraine doesn't really have a navy to speak of, but sunk two ships now, the latest being the flagship of the Black Sea Fleet. Yes. Um, the, the Moskva, which is a, you know, it's a big cruiser. It's a guided missile cruiser. Was. So, was. 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 It is now... Um, uh, because missiles were guided to it. Apparently. Yeah, they were. The um, Neptune missiles, which so were developed by Ukraine. The, the best, the best uh, thing I see on the Internet around that is the Wikipedia page that talks about the Russian fleet and mentions that boat specifically. But I'm going to just call it a boat because I know that offends people who are like, it's a ship, not a boat. No, it's a boat. Um, it showed its status, and it went, went to on fire. And then bottom of the sea. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. 
There's also a, a, a meme going around where it's the Revel model kit oh, yeah. of the Machva, where it's just like just the ocean. There's no, nice. there's okay. no ship there. I, yeah. I've seen the Lego model kit, which is just a big blue square. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought it was going to be like the Revel model kit where there's a tractor pulling it out of the sea. <laughs> yeah. But um, and, and yeah. really interesting about that was that, so I, I found three things interesting. One, you know, the Russian government kind of had to acknowledge that it was on fire, but it was like, just an accident here. Munitions blew up. Oh, just like they had to admit to incompetence. Like your well, flagship... Yeah. Your flag, like, we'd rather admit that our flagship had an unintentional explosion in in the munitions area rather than admit that it was hit by missiles. Yeah. And then, by the way, we're going to take all of our ships and move them further and further away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and remember, this was the ship that uh, that attacked Snake Island in the, you know, at the oh, beginning yes, of the yes. war, right? Where it was like, they go f*** yourself. Um <laughs> that go f*** yourself moment was the, the Moskva. So, yes. The, the other thing about it is that, first of all, the Turks are not letting any more ships into the Black Sea. Yes. So, good, good to note. They're just down that, that ship. Second of all, this was a weapon developed by the Ukrainians. So, when we look at everything that's happening here, you know, a lot of weapons coming in are coming in from... You know, the U.S., France, U.K., you know, and they're weapons that we all developed. The man pads, so the, the, the anti-tank weapons, some of the anti-aircraft weapons. But they're getting a lot of weapons from other European countries, some of which are former Soviet designs and Russian designs. Um, also interesting. But then there's this, and you don't hear about this as much, but I think this is really fascinating, is the weapons that the Ukrainians have developed themselves yep. since 2014. And so it, it's this, you know, the Ukrainian spirit is amazing. They're sticking with it. But, but also I think we're all seeing just how kind of incompetent either the Russian soldiers or technology is. Yeah. Like, just well, it's it's I mean, part of it is, you know, the the Ukrainians are a bit, you know, they're fighting for their land. They're fighting for, you know, the people around them. They have much more reason to fight hard than the Russians. do. So that's obviously point one. Um, point two is that they've got, you know, the best technology that the West has and it's pretty effective. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this comes down to Russia is a kleptocracy. It is. Putin is an authoritarian dictator who surrounds himself with people who are not competent enough to take power from him. And it goes down from there and people who are just trying to, like, get their cut of whatever. And so and the other part of it is they're all going to lie to him about how effective everything is and how good their military is because they don't want to say a bad thing because it might get him killed. Yeah. And so they have this modernization of their military and it's supposed to be the best military ever and whatever they go to invade ukraine and it turns out no none of that is true the best my favorite part of this their communication systems were all dependent on local cell phone networks yeah <laughs> local cell phone networks that by the way they took out on like day one of the invasion 
And so part of what's happened with the Russians is that all of their communications are all in the open for anybody to listen to. And there was a very cool New York Times bit yeah, on this where this. they just like they were like playing back communications between Russian forces and like tying it to like video of things that got blown up. And like there was a Russian general who died, you know, because they basically tracked where he was from radio communications. Yeah. And, you know, and so it's just like basic level stuff that happened because some guy doesn't really care and is just in it for the money and right. rolls on up to the point where Putin doesn't know what's going on and what's being built is actually not very effective. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, we're going to build the most effective military in the world or we're going to have yachts. Right. And I think they went with yachts. Yes. I mean, when you see the sheer number of yachts <laughs> that have been seized, it really is staggering. That's the Russian military right there. That is the Russian military. Yeah. If they could just sell those yachts right now and buy some better tanks from the West, they'd be... Wait, no, or that's probably not going to Secure happen. radios, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just iPhones. Some gar- iPhones. Like iPhones. iPhones and, like, Telegram. Come on. Yeah. It's not this hard. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. Maybe they get those Nextel phones. <laughs> right? Probably get a good deal on the Nextel phones. <laughs> and just go buy BlackBerry and, you know. Yeah. You and it, it's... I love uh, the Russians now are like, just so you know, any weapons you send over are legitimate targets. You shouldn't do any of this. Like, guys... You, You've not really proven to be very effective at anything. Like, it's right. not a big threat. It's not a big threat. And and honestly, the threat is still, you know, the Russians attacking a NATO country convoy is still going to be much much worse for the Russians yeah. than it will be for us. Yeah. Like, no, the Russians do not want to put NATO in a position where we have to consider our commitments the total defensive commitments um yeah yeah and i would rather they didn't put us in that position because me too yeah um you know and i will say that's one of the things that's been you know uh, this is ultimately a, a politics podcast and so i think it's worth talking about the political aspect of this and um there's been a lot of pressure for biden to do something to do things to to act yeah and a lot of what is the right course of action with this is to not do anything, to let let Ukraine fight, to give them what they need to fight, but to basically stand back and let them do that. Yeah. And um, this is something that I, you know, much credit to the Biden administration that, you know, we could have gone in there, we could have done the no-fly zone and things like that that people were calling for, and it would have meant, I mean, if we're going to do a no-fly zone, it would have meant bombing Russian forces in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't help. I mean, it, it seems like it helps people, but in the long run, if that's an, that escalation can lead to much more dangerous things for everybody. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the response has continued to be from most countries, more sanctions, different sanctions. The European Union is now drafting sanctions for, you know, cutting off all hydrocarbons from Russia. Right, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to note. Uh, so natural gas, I know, like, that's one of the big issues that they have. Yeah. And, but coal. Like, why are you still using coal? <laughs> like, I saw that as like, well. I was like, climate change. You remember you remember this thing called climate change? Wait, why are you doing coal still? Well, I saw that, and I was just like, boy, that seems a lot less efficient than natural gas and oil. Like, right. That was, 
Like, climate change aside, I was just kind of shocked. Like, what, how much coal are you importing? Like, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, and still punishing, you know, punishing the elite. Maybe my favorite one of the last week was the Ukrainian minister who had been sort of tagged as the puppet prime minister. It would have been the puppet in the Ukraine. Like, he was in hiding and he got caught and Ukraine took all of his stuff. And and this is the thing that also gives me a little bit of side eye to the whole situation. Like, oh, they took his 50 properties, 30 houses and yachts. And I was like, shouldn't somebody have noticed this before? Was he not? Was he wasn't this a wasn't this a big kind of red flag in the past? I don't understand. Um, still doing all of that, sending all the weapons that people want to send. Um, I. I do think it's notable to talk about the outliers here. Yeah. So I think India, China being the the predictable one. Right. India being one that was less predictable, but, you know, know, Modi's going to Modi, right? Um, And so they're still importing oil, and I think they've said they'd be willing to pay in rubles. And I've got to be totally honest here and say, I don't know how that works. Like, if you're India. Yes. And you're going to buy something from Russia, and they say you have to pay in rubles, who changes that money from rupees to rubles? You buy rubles from the basically the Bank of Russia. See, that doesn't seem to help in my mind, Russia overall, because they've still got to set the exchange. Anyway. Well, like the whole like what's interesting about like what happened with the uh, so like when all the war started, and all the sanctions happened, like the ruble like imploded. Right. But interestingly, it's recovered. And the and it like and all the things around how it recovered is is interesting is like all these restrictions about what you could do with the ruble. Like you couldn't, you know, it's like basically preventing people from dumping the ruble effectively. Um, They still have money flowing in through, you know, people buying natural gas, people buying coal, why they're buying coal, right? Um, Buying oil. So there's still that inflow of capital from outside of Russia that's basically helping to prop that up. But it's all sort of like the, the phrase I heard was a Potemkin currency. Like it's just like, very inflated relative to its true value because of all these restrictions mm. they put around it. But yeah, so maybe if the Russian central bank is doing the exchanges, they're exchanging at an inflated ruble rate. Yeah, or IRR. Right. <laughs> or er. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, it's it's interesting. Israel is the other. Interesting yeah, where they're outlier. like weirdly like neutral on the whole thing and like. In a way that's a little uncomfortable, um, you know, and in um, I know that like uh, Zelensky is like talked to the Knesset and and try to like sort of make the point of like you should be helping us. And, yeah. And, you know, he is, you know, he is Jewish, by the way. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Israel. Uh, I think in the language of text language of the kids, DGF, DGAF. Yeah. They don't care about anybody. They're going to do whatever they want to do yeah. all of the time, which makes them a very difficult ally, right? Like, yes, they are only an ally 
by their own convenience. Yeah. So if something happens that they don't like, they're going to change allegiances. Yeah. Um, so it's, again, so, yeah. it is interesting there. Um, um, also interesting, NATO has not surprisingly thrown a bunch more people in all of the, you know, the Baltics and Poland because, of course, of course we would. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. Um, You know, inevitably, Putin is going to, you know, interpret that as aggressive in some fashion. But, I mean, really what it boils down to is we're not going to invade Russia. They're not going to, you know, they're going to just be there to sort of. And really, it's a lot of expression of support for our for the countries that are there to say, hey, we got your back. Yeah. And to make it so that doing anything there would be intolerable. Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this unfolds at this point. Like, it seems like Russia wants it to sort of consolidate its position in the east of Ukraine and then figure out a way to call that a win and and get out. Well, I mean, they're never going to get out. It's like, that's the thing. Like, they're not going to – they can't really get out of that. No. But we um, also all thought that that was the case at the beginning, right? Like, uh, well, maybe they'll invade the east and that'll be right. it. Right. That was if you if you now if you thought you had the best military in the world, you go take the whole country. But turns out you were wrong. So, yeah, and you've got to wonder what that conversation was like. Like, hey, do we just want to take the eastern part? Putin's like, yeah, maybe just Donbas. Like, yeah, we'll just take those two maybe. And the general's like, do not worry. We can take the whole thing. The Ukrainians welcome but themselves to open arms. Then not. Now what do you do? And right. that's the really scary part. When people don't. Yeah. You're, you, the rational actor model is all based on people having the same information. Yeah. And Putin probably does not. Well, and everything indicates that he is a good, he's getting bad information and that he's, you know, since COVID, he's been very isolated and. You know, it's not clear that he really is operating as mentally effectively as he could be. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's the Ukraine update. Um, I don't expect much to change other than just sort of like ongoing atrocities yeah. of war. But, um, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. Maripol is the next big thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's kind of the key city right now where Russia needs to gain control of that as part of, you know, that that land bridge to, to Crimea. Uh, uh, there is an interesting shift in terms of, like, the weapons we're providing to Ukraine. We're providing, like, more artillery now, things that are can be a little bit more offensive because they're going to need to nominally retake territory yeah. that they've lost. So that'll shift the nature of that. So, for sure. Anyhow. Okay. Outside of Ukraine, there's European also this elections. other thing called Europe. Uh, yeah, European elections. Woo! Woo! Go democracy. Well, kind of. Let's kind talk of. about Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> uh, everybody's favorite Orban. I mean, <sighs> we've talked about Viktor Orban before. It's kind of a fascist. Um, huge friend of Russia. Am uh, I correct in thinking he kind of came to power when there was like a lot of like refugee crisis going on and, and all that sort of stuff and sort of the standard? I mean, definitely at the cutting edge of that populist nationalist movement. Yeah. Um, and I think if we look across most of Europe, again, not counting places like Kyrgyzstan, um, 
you know. Mostly because there's not enough vowels there. Yeah, not enough vowels. Um, probably the most sort of populist, nationalist, national leader. Um, and, you know, has spent a lot of time passing anti-LGBTQ laws, consolidating power, shutting down media. So, like, the media is mostly state-run now. Changing laws so that campaign finance and whatnot is more focused on... Uh, uh, more focused on the ruling party. Yeah. All of those things. And so he just went, won again, and his party won again with two-thirds majority in the parliament. Um, really interesting, the EU sent a mission to observe these elections because they were worried about them. And their essential message was the day of the elections was all kind of carried out okay, but everything up to that point was completely tilted towards one party ruling. Yeah. And that's it. Which is a... It's fascinating to me to think about that. Like, oh yeah, you can do the elections the right way. So you don't have to cheat in the elections if you do enough leading up to that point. Right. Like if you did things like, you know, modified congressional districts and and you know, or maybe you just had constitutionally you just had a weirdly overrepresentation of geography versus people. Yeah, that would be fascinating. Right. Too. Like what boy, that'd be a Where could that system. happen? Huh. Anyhow. Huh. Anyway. Uh, so uh, Orban wins again in his his sort of victory speech. He talked about Zelensky being an adversary to him, adversary, anniversary, no, adversary to him, which is a weird thing to say. You're in Hungary. You're not really. It's not really your thing. You're part of NATO. But I, I, or you're it, just. I, I like don't. At some point, I'm like, okay, like what? What are you getting from Putin? Like, yeah. there's, you know, right. like I, you got a deal. Cool. Like. Well, but, not cool, but, like, you know, what is it? What you doing? But remember, as part of the EU, like, it, it's consensus voting in the EU, so Hungary can scuttle things. Yeah. Orban can scuttle things. Uh, okay, so that's Hungary. But they have no say in, well, NATO is a different operation, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, France. France. Speaking of NATO, in Europe. Yes. Did I say that Hungary is part of NATO? I think I did. I apologize for that. That was wrong. Just part of the EU. Anyway, France. France. They're going to a runoff. Macron. Le Pen. April 26th, 24th, 26th, something like that. Going to a runoff because that's how their system works. Le Pen, who is uh, yeah. a bit of a fascist, uh, a bit, a bit, a bit. Uh, has has daughter of a it, fascist. During the, over the course of that election, was trying to not seem as fascist, right? Uh, really but, trying, but her did best. actually say she'd pull out of NATO if elected. Yeah, well, it was weird. She said like we would pull out a NATO command. What does that even mean? I, I, to me, that sounds like we want to be part of NATO, but we're not going to let NATO. We're just going to let them do. We're not going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so we want NATO to protect us if we get attacked, but we are not. We're going to have a essentially veto over our forces. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't it's, know what that means. She's also against sanctions against Russia. Le Pen is a fascinating like, because like France is like 
a country that I think of as being so left, mm-hmm. but then there's Le Pen, and and is clearly has some political yeah influence. Yeah. Well, again, and she's the daughter of a right wing politician. Right. Right. So like, it's not she's not new here. Um, lots of name recognitions, decades of name recognition. Um, and, and again, as you said, she was really trying to pull herself to the center. Yeah. Um, and so was Macron. And I think, honestly, some of the things in Ukraine have hurt Macron because it's forced him to take more concrete stands on things, which politicians never like to do in election right. years. Um, and things like Biden calling what's happening in Ukraine a genocide has made it has put Macron in an, a difficult situation, right? Because he has to agree or disagree with that. Yeah. Um, and he recently said, it like, well, we don't want to escalate our language. I mean, people literally being shot in the streets, but okay. Okay, I hear you, man. But bad words. But bad words. And, and Le Pen is trying to paint Macron as a fascist, as being authoritarian because of COVID and treating of some protesters, which is, and, and this is this is going to be a great segue with a brief pause for beer um, into the national stuff. It's, you know, projecting all of your own things on others. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, so... Let's talk about our beer for a second. Yes. Uh, We've been on a long, boring run of the news of the world. Let's talk about beer. Absolutely. Where so, are we today? We're at Dovetail, the closest brewery to my my home. I think, yes, Urban Brew Labs is not, like, that is closer than uh, empirical, but I think this is still the closest. Still the closest, since uh, that other place closed, right? Because there was another place that was closer to you on Ravenswood. But anyway. No, no there was not. Okay. You are, you are full of lies. Wait, I, I am. Fake I news, sit on sir. a throne of lies. Uh, yeah. So um, so what do we start with? I started with the um, we both Maibach. Did. Yes, yeah. so you did the Maibach as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a seasonal beer, obviously. Um, it was delicious. And then I moved on to the... Palm 2020, one of their spontaneous beers, uh, with and it's fermented with apples. Um, it was good. Uh, like I, like other spontaneous beers, like they tend to be a little a little too funky to my taste, but actually it was pretty good. Um, and now I'm having their smoked hells, so it's their hells lager, but then it has like some smoked elements to it, and it's also quite good. Yeah, and the thing to think know about dovetails, I, I think. Three big things. One, it's it's German style beer. So if you're like, man, I really need an IPA, I would like all of the hops. This place isn't this for is not, you. They're not the place. Um, but it is really fantastic, and, and they really like care a, about like, it. Pastry themed stout. Like this is also not the place. Yeah, to go. exactly. Looking for that cookies and cream stout or yeah. the Dale Donuts. Yeah, which is by Scorched Earth. It's actually delicious, but. But not but your place. not available here. Not available here. I, they also, like when you look at the menu, and this is what I love about the menu here, 
it's, you know, here's the beer, here's a description of it, what hops are in there, how they make it, and it's ABV, IBU, EBC, and CO2, and the glass it's served in. Yes. On the menu. Yes. And, and the, the glass, by the way, the uh, the Grodzki, is that what it is? It? Yeah, Grodzki. Grodzki um, is a Polish-style beer, and they have this amazing glass. Like, you should come here and it's have it. It's a Polish flute. Yes. It is a Polish flute. It has, like, sort of that, that Polish eagle on it. Yeah. But it has, like, kind of like a dovetail D in it. It's, it's beautiful. It's it's very cool. Yeah, so. it was a, a gorgeous beer. And so I started with the Maybach as well. Um, then I moved to that Gorodzki, which, uh, fantastic. It was uh, not what I was expecting. It was just a touch sour, a little smoky, super refreshing. The glass was really, really cool. Um, I, I, I would have had it again if we were just sitting outside drinking. Um, but I can't come here without getting the lager, which is a place, I, I don't say that any other place in the world. have to get the lager here every yeah. time I'm here. It is so the best good. lager you will have. Yeah, it's uh, maybe and the best lager. I think it's easy to think of like lager is like just sort of like, Bud you know, I, but you know, okay, fine, a Budweiser, like whatever. And like, no, no, no. There is there is a difference, and it is well worth. And it is here coming here to get. I it. mean, they don't do like broad distribution of of their beers, um, so you know, this is really the place to come get it. And, yeah, yeah. And and if you uh, want to meet me here for lager, if you're Lager suspicious. I understand this. I'll buy you a lager here. Yeah. It's it's delicious. I, I If you're not a beer drinker and you want to just come hang out and uh, he'll have beer and you can yeah. have water. I'll whatever. definitely buy me a lager it's here. Fine. I'll buy me fine. a couple of lagers. I'll buy you a lager and give it to me. Right. You'll, it, it's like you're giving Is me a lager. Is he not present. generous? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a generous God. I'm a generous God. So, uh, so in the beer. U.S. of A. Hey, how's that legal weed coming? I heard that uh, this Congress <laughs> was going to get us some of that legal yeah, weed so, nationally. So, uh, hey, everybody. Like, So I, I will say, like, we have reached the point where weed decriminalization, it was not necessarily legalization, but at least decriminalization, passed the House with some Republicans voting for yeah. it. Yeah. And that is, that would be a huge thing for, for a couple of reasons. One it would allow for federal research of weed, which would allow us to understand better, like, for medical purposes, like, what are yeah. the side effects and, like, what is the benefits and all of that. The other thing is it would cut off the supply of federal money to fighting crime around it. Um, and so that would, I think, overall help with, like, some of the defund the police vibe that we have talked about yeah. over the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, that's true. And like just this week, we had a couple of different cases where the federal government had done some civil a asset forfeiture on money being moved between states that are where le weed is legal from the proceeds from said legal weed sales. Yes. Um, very murky, but the government had to return the money, right? So, like, it's almost like it's effectively legal now or decriminalized now, but nobody knows what to do about it. We still have the cannabis amnesty box at O'Hare, which, which I, I it is hysterical. I, I look at that thing and I'm like, once you're past security, is that the time to get rid of it? Like right? you've just done it, right? Like, are you going to put it in there? Like, and be oh like, shit, I forgot it's in my bag. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I don't, I don't understand. Um, can't you just show them your ticket that you're going to California? Right. <laughs> 
Well, you know, and that's the thing like that's weird about the way all that works is like federally it's illegal, but in individual states it isn't. And so like if you're flying from Illinois to California, does it matter? And the reality is probably not because the TSA doesn't really care. Right. They're they're trying to keep you from blowing up a plane. They don't care about whether you have a bong. <laughs> bomb bombs, not bongs. Yeah. That's that's the TSA right there. Uh, or bongs, not bombs. Yeah, there you go. I think that's the other way around. Things they're concerned about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got it. Uh, but, yeah, so legal legal weed or at least decriminalized weed. Uh, so that went through the House so we can assume that it will die a horrible death in the Senate <laughs> and will make us all sad. I think it will die a very quiet death in the Senate. Yes. I think I think it will just. In fact, actually, nobody's talked about it except for us. So Yeah. There you well, go. Well, but maybe. Maybe. You never know. I mean, Manchin might be on board, but not enough to kill a filibuster, yada, yada, yada. That would be a funny thing if he took a stand for that. Then nobody would know I, how to feel. Hey, Could you imagine? It wouldn't make just any the damn cognitive sense in the world, dissonance if Cinema and Mansion were like, "Let's get rid of the filibuster hey, for the weed." If he's like, West Virginia can grow a lot of weed. Like, I'm on board. Let's yeah, go. that's what you have to do. Could you grow marijuana in coal mines? That you could burn a lot of coal to run the lights. To grow mm. your weed. Mm. Okay, okay. We're killing the planet, but we're growing weed. Yeah. See, I think he'd like that. I think he'd buy into that. <laughs> I can just see him While driving out in his Maserati yacht. Yeah, SUV, very smoky inside, rolls down the window to tell people to get out of his way, and it just rolls out like Bieber. So... <laughs> uh, just very quickly, in our last conversation, we were talking about Katanji Brown-Jackson. She's now been confirmed. This is fantastic news. This is good. The confirmation hearings went, I was, was going to say as expected, but not as expected because it was QAnon'd up. Yeah. Because we now know what the newest projection is from Republicans on to everybody else. It's pedophilia and well, I mean, and it's grooming. not that new. I mean, it was like there was like the the whole uh, Pizza Gate, whatever the pizza parlor thing, where it was like yeah, it was that like, was Pizza Gate. There's this but whole that wasn't like the senator senators talking about it. Well, it, right. This is the natural evolution of this, right? Is like, well, crazy people are talking about it, and then senators are talking about it. That's how right. Republicans work at this. Point. I mean, you've got to love the irony of somebody like. Well, let's just say Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert talking about pedophilia when they're either, one, married to somebody who's convicted of sex crimes, right. exposing himself to children, or two, touring around the country with somebody who's being investigated for trafficking yes. underage women. Projection. It is the Republican way. I just... I, 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 and so you just wonder what... Josh Hawley's doing back there. Yeah. But you don't want to know. Uh, Omicron. You want to talk about Omicron uh, or, or the no, but BA Baracus uh, variant? The, it's the BA Baracus 2 variant uh, is uh, has a bad attitude. Uh, it does. It pities the fool who doesn't the get their second. It's the dominant uh, variant. Uh, it was causing some trouble in Europe. It's been on an uptick in the northeast of our country. Overall, it's not real bad at this point. Uh you know, and ultimately, if like if we get to the point where it's like, you know, cases show up, but it's a variant that isn't that different from what we've dealt with, isn't more dangerous, isn't, you know, is only slightly more contagious, like, we can ride that. Oh. Um, 
I will say two things. One is that I think cases are underreported because a lot more people are well, testing that is at a home. Good point, yes. If you give everybody free home tests, which is good, you should yeah. do that. The chances that all of those tests, positive tests, are being reported. Yeah. Or even but, negative you tests. Know, ultimately, though, if we look at hospitalizations, and really, ultimately, yeah. what we care about is that um, those are not seeing a huge I, uptick either. So. I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm I, I have know, my yeah. own, you know, I have very personal opinions about this. Yes. Um, and, uh, but, but I hear that. Yeah. Totally I mean, hear yeah. that. Yeah, yeah I, for sure. It's like, it's still real. People, you know, it still goes badly for people. We don't, you know, and yeah. so. But I think the other thing to look at, though, New York Times has got a great side-by-side map, which is vaccination percentages and hotspots. And I think the hotspots map is maybe a little misleading. But what you'll see is that the states, the hotspot states, or the states that are trending in the wrong direction, also tend to be states that are the most highly vaccinated. Yeah. Which, uh, look, that could be caused for a lot of things. It could be uh, they're more densely populated. Yeah. That was actually the theory for my 13-year-old. Like, hey, those states are probably more densely populated, so the, the chance of community spread is more is more likely. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Uh, it could be that those states are the most transparent about data. Yeah. So, and I'm talking about, you know, Virginia, New York, uh, Virginia, uh, California, Illinois, yeah. right? Just as a start. Um, it also could mean that, you know, some of these variants are more able to get around the, the vaccines. Now, if you're over 50 and you want to get a second booster, you can get a second booster now. If you're over 50, get a second booster. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing is like, you know, one of the things like when you get a booster, there's a temporary uptick in your antibodies, which gives you more ability to fight the vaccine. Or like basically that reduces the chance that you'll get it in the first place. Right? right. But then so there's the interesting question of do you get one now? Do you wait until a little bit later in the year when, you know, we're getting into fall where you're more likely to possibly exposed who knows dude it's april people are going to be allowed to get another booster before entirely possible yeah yeah i mean and you know capitalism is is this is the beautiful thing about capitalism by june or july or august we'll have the flu covid combo vaccine right that everybody's going to have to get yeah right because there's a lot of money to be made in it i'm fine with that um, as a as a forty seven year old, I'm like, can I can I can I? No, I gotta wait. I gotta wait. Like, you're gonna go get I? the McLovin fifty year old fake ID in Indiana. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't do a fake ID when I was twenty one, but maybe I'll do it to be like, look, I'm fifty. Fifty. <laughs> Come on, AARP, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I could see that. that. There's probably money in that too. Uh, you could probably buy him from uh, buy him from Musk. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, if it was like I get a shot every, you know, three, four months and I n- never get sick from it, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. I, I'll do that. I'll be OK with that. Uh, so let, I, I, I think we need a new segment, uh, a recurring segment for as long as we're able to do this, which is called. Untangling the sedition rat's nest, because we just kind of called that as a subtitle of the January 6th Select Committee, which is boring. 
But untangling the Sedition Rat's Nest, that's got legs, probably lots of them. Tails. Oh, yes. <laughs> Many tails. Because things just keep coming out, and you're like, oh, 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 wow. Oh, my, oh, my God. Um, like, and it, it feels hard to be surprised about things now, but yet I am still surprised. Yeah. So my favorite two things, uh, one, have all been all the text messages from Mark Meadows. That he was like, I'm going to give you all these things. I'm like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Shit. Why did I give you all those things? <laughs> and now we know why he was like, well, wait, 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 takes these backsies. Um, so we saw lots of lots of texts before. And, and I guess I should say was that before or after he committed voter fraud. Right. It was after. <laughs> right. And this is a great it, back to the projection thing. Mark Meadows and his wife uh, not only registered to vote, but voted by mail from a trailer on a mountain in the Carolinas. Right. And I guess his wife has been there once, but he's certainly never been there. And he voted both in Virginia and in North Carolina. So he's being investigated right now for voter fraud. So he's in jail, right? No. No, because that doesn't happen to white people. Oh, uh, or no, oh, it, just, right. it doesn't happen to Trump voters. He's yes. been kicked off the voter rolls. We're though. also white people, as it turns out, for the most part. <laughs> um, that's a whole other thing. And that's yes. something that's uh, we should dive into when the cases play out in Florida at the uh, at the villages where we've got at least two, maybe three or four people who have admitted to voting for Trump twice. Yep. Um, and in Texas uh, and seeing the disparity there. But Mark Meadows is a great example. Clearly voted in two places in 2020. Um, anyway, so, Mark, I've committed voter fraud. Meadows, his text messages to Jenny Thomas, wife of uh, oldest Supreme Court justice and unfortunately out of the hospital, Clarence Thomas. Um, that is that is not appropriate, sir. Oh, wait, actually, I completely <laughs> yeah, agree. Never mind. Um, you know... Just a quick side note on this is, you know, there are people who think, like, your vote doesn't matter, that none of this, you know, why even bother, whatever. Here's how much your vote matters. Not only are they trying to deprive you of your vote, they're voting twice. Yeah. Like, clearly, they're sold on this topic, so maybe you should clue into that. (laughs) And I'm just saying, vote once. Just Just vote once. once. I mean, I know we're in Chicago, but but you only need to vote once. Also, all that stuff it was actually bullshit. But yeah, yeah. anyhow. But th- so Jenny Thomas, who's like, I mean, she's all in on all of the conspiracies. Oh yeah, all of them. Just, just right in there. Like, hey, hey, uh, please get Sidney Powell in front of people, and like, and you're like reading those text messages. Like, she's pretty crazy. And then you see the t- text messages between Mark Meadows and Chip Roy, who's a uh, representative from Texas, and Mike Lee, who's a senator from Utah. And you're like, they were saying some of the same things. Well, uh, this is a quote. Sidney Powell's a pretty straight shooter. Get her in front of the president. But to be fair, uh, as much as Jenny Thomas would have liked to have overturned an election, it is her husband who has actually done it. So... I, it, mm, yes, that is also <laughs> true. Um, and 
you know, the the text messages kind of lay out this, you know, almost. Well, I, I think it's a, a fascinating look into public versus private. Yeah. Because it was November 9th, November 10th, November 11th. Like, do everything you can, everything within the law. And then, like, ooh, I think that that press conference from Sidney Powell is a little problematic. Maybe you should di- distance yourself from that. Oh, boy, maybe tell the president to get away from Giuliani. That doesn't seem good. All the way to... Mostly because he's talking at a gardening center, but, you yeah. know, whatever. All the way to do a hand count. If he's lost, have a strong speech at the end and have a good transition of power. Otherwise, it will it would drive a stake through our democracy. And that's from Chip Roy, right? Like, I, uh, this is a person who would do things that I cannot say on radio to the former president for some campaign donations or an endorsement. Right. And is saying this in private. This is a thing that everybody needs to see. Everybody needs to see. That needs to be on Fox News. Like, people should be running commercials on Fox News with just those text messages. Yeah. That the stuff that happened, the stuff that happened around January 6th, even to staunch Trump Republicans, was wrong. Just straight up wrong and what they say in public is hypocrisy yep just now outside of that i've had some good convictions right so the most recent one was the conviction of i'm not making this up uh an exterminator from ohio stormed the capitol essentially during the trial it was a jury trial said hey I did all these things, but I did them because Trump told me to do them. Yeah. And the jury convicted him very quickly, which is kind of a bellwether, right? Uh, It means that other people can't as easily use that defense, right? Because, eh, you know, they've already found it. Um, It also puts out there that narrative, right? People believed that Trump was telling them to do this. Because he was. Because <laughs> he was. <sighs> so anytime the Justice Department wants to go ahead and start, uh, yeah. it's, a really, it's a really interesting question why. Well, you know, yeah. here's the thing. Like, you know, I think the Justice Department, they're going to be methodical about this. They want to make sure they get it right. This is a very serious thing. And so they're going to take their time. And then, so they're taking their time. And then, you know, we got an election coming up. So you can't do it during election because you don't want to look like you're influencing elections. election. So we got to skip that. Get past the election. And then, yeah, it's, we're never going yeah, to do it. It is interesting, like, is there a political timing to this that says? Well, it's weird in that the more that you wait on things like that, the more that you're actually being political. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you actually just, like, followed the law and But being versus people, perceived. I mean, yes. that's the question. Exactly. Um, so the other big thing nationally, I think, is inflation. In- inflation. Inflation. Better than stagflation, evidently. So lots of things are more expensive in the last yes, year. Yes. Uh, so quick, quick rundown. Meat, poultry, fish, and eggs rose 13.7%. Between March of last year and March of this year, uh, used cars and trucks rose thirty-five point three percent. Airline fares rose twenty-three six, twenty-three point six percent. 
But who was flying in March of 2021? So I'm not sure how valid that number is. Um, gas prices rose 48%, um, while overall energy prices rose 32%. Now, that is almost exclusively yeah. about what's been going on with Russia. You know, and, and obviously there's a certain amount of increased demand because, hey, we're getting out of this pandemic funk that we've had. We want to go drive places. Um, but, you know, most of that comes from that. And, and ultimately that spike has since subsided. Um, and while oil prices went up very high and then dropped very quickly, gasoline prices take a little longer to play out. Yeah. See tail. Yes. Um, and it's really hard to say, I, you know, the, the price increases, you know, supply chain, stuff like that. This all feels very echoey, right, of um, at the beginning of the pandemic, lots of organizations, lots of companies laid off as many people as possible to have as little expense as possible, yep. did whatever they could to save money, and now it's much harder for them to get things started again um, for a number of reasons. And it's hard to say what anybody could do about it. I know, you know, Biden's trying to do things like, okay, we'll you know sell more leases but they're going to be you know for oil drilling but they're going to be more expensive we can we can do e85 and, and, and for it's longer. worth noting that like there are plenty of leases already out there that yeah. aren't even being used right um you know we are releasing oil from the strategic reserve like it's like a million barrels i can't remember if it's a week or a month probably a week um yeah I, that that's going out the door um, you know, so they're doing what they can. But, I mean, if you look at most of this, it is the pandemic and it's structural things that have been that would have happened whether we had an invasion with Russia, whether we had yeah. a pandemic. Like you look at housing. Housing is one of those things where we've seen a big spike in rent prices. I mean, it depends on where you live. But, you know, we're seeing in some places spikes as high as 40 percent, which is insane. That is insane. Um, but it's a matter of. Okay, well, we haven't been building as many houses. We've had a lot of money sloshing around the, you know, investment system that's been buying houses to try to use them as assets um, rather than as places for people to live. Um, and so all of that has a, an impact on the prices. Um, you know, we look at the, you know, all the things with meat, poultry, fish. Part of that is gas prices affect yeah. you know, food prices, but part of it is also climate change. And so one of the narratives has been like, oh, well, you know, Biden got into power and he gave too much money to people. And so that's why I have inflation. No, like the reason why we have inflation is because there are shortages of things. There are supply chain problems. There's the governor of Texas restricting the supply of things. Right. Um, Just stopping things yeah. from coming into the country because... Right. He doesn't want to let him in. Yes. I mean, Greg Abbott is a piece of shit. He is the worst. Yes. I mean, so, yeah, between that. Like, I'm like, I'm like, well, here's Pol Pot and here's Abbott. And I'm like, ah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, Abbott still under investigation. Right. So <laughs> under federal investigation for bribery and firing all the people. Yeah. Anyway, so Abbott's terrible. Yes. He's now essentially extremely slowed down trade with Mexico. Yeah. So so for a little background on this, um, 
Uh, Biden has uh, decided not to enforce Title 42, which is a specific part of our immigration policies, which are around COVID, which is like yeah. we're not going to like let people uh, come into the country because we're trying to control COVID for uh, refugees and, and people who are seeking asylum. None of that should have anything to do with any of what's going on. But Abbott is using it as an excuse to start right. inspecting trucks and looking like he's doing things primarily because uh, he's concerned about the Republican primary in Texas. Right. I mean, Texas with no mask mandates or vaccination mandates. Like, why are you worried about it? Right. In Texas? They should not give a shit about that. You know, and so they're they're talking about, you know, oh, oh, fentanyl coming in and illegal immigration and. They're going to become Democratic voters. And, oh, you know, and it's like a bunch of fear mongering bullshit. Um, but ultimately what he's doing is he's causing inflation and he's going to be causing shortages of various things in Texas. Because it turns out a lot of what we do in agriculture is in tax is in Mexico and comes into Texas. Yeah. A lot of what we manufacture is in Mexico comes through Texas. Ah, the Maquiladora program. Yes. Let's talk about Maculador. No, we're not going to talk about Maculador. No, we are not. Like Bruno, we don't talk about Maculador. Shout out to my friend who was talking about worm signs earlier because then we got the, uh, I got to get her to listen to this podcast because I don't think she does, <laughs> but nice. She'd like nice. that part. Anyhow. Uh, uh. So, yes, Abbott's screwing things up. Uh, Fed is talking about raising interest or has raised interest yeah, rates uh, a little bit. Skosh. So by they're going to make things less expensive by making them more expensive. That's how this works, right? I'm confused. It is supposed so, to stop people from buying things to So let me see if I understand this, right? So, so rent is expensive because housing's expensive, right? Okay, cool. Uh, I'm gonna how do I buy housing? I borrow money, but I'm gonna borrow at higher interest rates. Well, but the so, money you borrow for a house is not shouldn't be infect, uh, affected by the interbank rate. But it is. It actually is explicitly affected by it because the inter, all the mortgage rates are tied to the interbank, the overnight this lending. This isn't rate. the LIBOR. This isn't Europe. Your mortgages are, but your mortgage ends up being bundled and sold as a security, and so it really should be tied to the bond rate. It is. It's tied to the. Look, as Kai Ristall <laughs> says, the yield on the 10-year T-note is down. Wait, if the yield is up, then your mortgage rates are down. If the yield is down, then your mortgage rates are up. Yield curve. The yield curve. <laughs> the yield curve. Let's kick it over to Kai Ristall. Is he? Oh, shit. He, he's not here. Okay, so. <laughs> I thought we were just. He was supposed to be here. I yeah, don't know. He was supposed to be here. I I tweeted at him. If he if we'd gone to Beguile, he would have yeah, been here. Exactly. He's, He's probably like, at ah! Beguile right now. Uh, I, and that's I, that's actually the interesting thing, right? Because your interest rates, interest rates on mortgages are because mortgages end up being a derivative in most places, unless you unless you get a mortgage through a credit union, which I recommend. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be bought and sold, and you know your mortgage becomes an asset. It becomes a commodity. It gets wrapped into things, and so the interbank rate is is irrelevant there. Yeah. Um, and all of this, I think, is a big distraction for what's happening in states right now. Yes. Um, and I would say there are two big things happening in states. One is redistricting. 
So overall, <laughs> redistricting has gone better than it seemed like it would. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some outliers um, in Wisconsin. There was a uh, there was some back and forth between the Republican legislature and the Democratic governor. Yep, Tony Evers. And uh, that all went to the state Supreme Court. The state Supreme Court was like pushed back and said, you guys need to do this again. Tony Evers comes back with a new proposal that seemed reasonable enough that even the Republicans in Wisconsin's state Supreme Court were like, okay, we're cool with this. And then it goes to SCOTUS, and SCOTUS is like, no, we're not cool with this. And so now it's back to uh, figuring that out. Well, and, and, you know, and it's important to note that there have been a couple of redistricting cases that have gotten to SCOTUS. And in one, they said uh, it's too close to the election yes. to do anything. And Wisconsin, that was, they said it's too close to the election, so we're going to do something. Right. right. And one was a Republican-drawn map. One was yeah. a de- I, So that's a little that's suspect. That's one of the things about like, the way the Supreme Court is currently operating is that they're, they're so disconnected from precedent that they're not even like respecting their own precedents. Right, right. Um, Florida, their legislature has just given up. Yeah. And said, okay, King DeSantis, draw the maps, which is terrifying. Yes. Which is really terrifying. Um, Well, they'll be interested to see what he does with the pedophile district. What do you think he does there? (laughs) Think he leaves it intact? Oh, yeah, of course. You think he leaves? I, I think he hangs gates out to dry. I think Matt. I, I I don't know. I don't. I hadn't even thought about it until now. Um, though, as you said, like right now, you know, I don't want to put too much credence in this. But if you look at the, you know, if you look at the the five thirty eight analysis, it says that, you know, they're like maybe it's almost even Democratic leaning seats to Republican leaning seats. 181 to 182, and that's a like a a plus 10 for Democrats, which is surprising. Um, though the New York district, the New York map could get changed. Yeah. Well, um, and the thing to keep in mind with all of that is that you know we're an, you know we just had a Democrat win the presidency. This being an off year election, it sort of leans naturally towards pushing back against that. We can all work to make sure that it's doesn't go back to republicans but we're working uphill at this point and we need to figure that out yeah but the the thing that bothers me the most is that it's like a minus five on competitive districts yeah i think we need more competitive districts like i believe this they're elected every two years because it's supposed to be competitive um supposed to be competitive uh hey just one brief aside before we talk about all the terrible laws that are being passed um I had some Norwegian colleagues in a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And I took them to Old Irving Brewery. And they loved it. Of course they, they did. They loved the Old Irving Brewery. Of course they did. They had never had beer as good. Um, so I just wanted to give that Norwegian shout out. Like, I, you know, as much as, uh, you know, I've been in Europe in places that are nominally beer places, but Chicago. Yeah. You've got the beer, man. I gave them options. Yeah. For beer places to go to. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, sorry about that brief aside, uh, but, but an important beer-related yeah. aside. So and Norway okay. aside for uh, Ula, who's shout probably out, shout out Norway. Yeah. So, 
terrible laws being passed. I would put these in two classes. One is uh, anti-woman. Yes. Anti-abortion, anti-woman. The other is anti-LGBTQ. Which one do you want to tackle first? Oh, uh, let's go anti-woman first. Yeah. So how many places can you not get an abortion anymore? Uh-huh. Florida. Ah, there's DeSantis again. Uh, in, you know, honoring as a constitutionalist, honoring the Constitution by signing an abortion ban, a 15 week abortion ban with no exceptions for rape and incest in a church. Ron DeSantis in Florida. Yeah. Thanks, Ron DeSantis. How about uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, which was a place people were coming from Texas. Yes. So that's also been signed into law, though. I don't think that goes into. I recall effect. seeing a story about some company. I can't remember what it was like offering as a benefit to their employees in Texas that they would provide co- the costs if they needed to travel to another state to have. Wasn't that know, Salesforce? It was not Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce, I think, offered. I mean, I'm not saying that we. I'm not saying that Salesforce didn't. I'm just saying that's not what the story. Oh, I remember about. reading like about Salesforce bank. offering to move people out of the states. Uh, yeah. Which is really interesting, right? Like there have been 30 states that have introduced abortion bans this year. 30 I feel states. Like that's Abbott's plan. Is like if we just make it so unpleasant that people who are more liberal that they'll just go somewhere else. Yeah, of course. It's it's polarization. Yeah. Segmentation. Um, so Florida, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Arizona, Idaho, and Wyoming have all passed laws. Arizona, Idaho, Wyoming, uh, or sorry, yeah, because they all Kentucky and West that, Virginia that, the, that SCOTUS is going to blow up Roe, and there you yeah. go. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Yep. Um, and then for LGBTQ rights, like across the country, and this is going to sound like a joke, but it's like 400 laws have been proposed this year alone. Yeah, 400. And these are restroom laws and anti-trans laws about, you know, trans kids participating in sports, which is just the dumbest thing. Yeah. Um, all kinds of laws, uh, you know, that the don't say gay law in Florida is, you know, I don't really like how it's been branded, if I'm honest, because I think it, it misses out on how bad it actually is. Because it's not just, it's so stupidly written and so bigoted that it it actually discriminates against everybody. Yeah. Right? It, It means that you lose the humanity from any relationship. Yeah. Right? Like, these are, these are people who are like, we can't have our kids wearing masks in schools because if they can't see the teacher's face and smile, it will permanently impact them. But now they're saying if a teacher, if a male teacher mentions his husband, he could get fired or sued. What happens then? But it's only for young kids, you see. But like, but but it's just, it's all it's all screwed up. Um, and it, then you have the the. I feel like somewhat worse but maybe not is the 
Texas version of all this, where basically it's just the governor just saying, hey, I'm just going to interpret child abuse laws to say that that, yeah. that for trans youth that that is, oh, that's a form of abuse. Right. Well, and there are other states who have passed laws now um, that make gender-affirming care a felony. Yeah. And that also is terrifying. Yeah. So, uh, you know, LGBTQ youth, especially trans kids, have a much higher incidence of suicide than any other youth demographic. Yeah. And to deny kids the proper care is actually the abuse. Absolutely. And again, personally, I have strong personal feelings about this. Like I will not spend money in States that, that do that. I, I like, I, I could be arrested in some of those States, right? Like, yeah, I, okay, let's, let's do it. Um, and that is that is being done on the cover of, you know, look at all this inflation and and the the messages of pedophilia and grooming at those confirmation hearings are all of the things that are used as a smokescreen to just pass bigoted, ignorant legislation. Yeah. And it is it is terrifying and further fascism. So, protect people, love yeah. people, yeah. and drink beer when you can. Yes. All right. Well, and on that, on that note, happy note. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us, if you made it this long. Yes. It'll be shorter by the time you get to it. <laughs> uh, all right. Cheers to you, man. Cheers. It's been too long. Cheers to all of you. Good luck. Stay safe. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye.